Hello and welcome to your Shalmi Bracha stuff. I am Dalid. Um, two short Ha'aras, one of them on um, the halachic aspects of Zimun, and the other one is on the, which is related, but on the famous story of this um, very, very important Agadita about the story of Shem Ben Shetach, which is Kadai to see the entire thing inside. Um, and there's a lot of Ha'aras to be said, and I'll try to share a few. So, um, first of all, there's a lot of very interesting halachas here. First of all, it says, like, for example, that if you have 10 people and you have a cut in Benayim, that's enough that that counts. You could sometimes count it if you need. And the Gemara has a whole discussion about whether you say Hashem's name, and therefore that, that makes the cut in more important or not. Could a cut in blend into Zimun? And the Gemara has a couple of hakiras about whether, um, let's say, one person um, only ate a different food and not bread. Could he lead? Um, we know he could be part of it. And then the story of Hashem Manchetach is actually one of the reasons it's brought down, is because he was asked to bench and um, he led the Zimun. Now, it's hard to know what, um, even though he, he didn't eat bread, but he only ate part of it. Also, he only joined the meal at the end, seemingly. So there's a lot of Ha'aras on that. Um, and there's also the Ha'ara about um, that Yanai was a his brother-in-law, but a dangerous king who wanted to kill Shemmet Shetach. So who says that, um, you know, he wasn't just doing it because of Sakana Safashas, but then you could say, well, you know, he gave him a promise and a sign that he wouldn't kill him. Anyway, so we'll get to that story in one moment. So, um, but anyway, th th this Gemara is a Makar talking about, you know, whether a cotton can be Mitzari for Zimun or, or uh, Minyanim. So let, let's go through a story very, very briefly. Basically, um, it's a very famous story, but a very, very fascinating one. So what happened was um, there were 300 poor Nazirim that came up to Eretz Yisrael on the days of Shemanchetov. And they finished their Naziris, which is the whole machlokas, whether you could finish it in Chutzlaritz or you have to now sit, sit in Eretz Yisrael and do that Naziris there. So 150 of them, he found a Pesach and released. The other 150 couldn't find a Pesach, so he brought their Karbanos. Okay, there's a lot to say just the, even about that. So now he has 150 that he monitored himself. That's important for the story. And 150, so he sends to Yana and says, 300 people were here. They needed to be, um, take care of their Naziris. I took care of half basically implying I paid for half their kabbalas, really, he was mater them, and I want you to pay for the other half. So Yana said, fine, he paid for the, he sent money, and he paid for the 150. Then someone spoke Lashon Hara about Shemachetach, his brother-in-law, and um, said, you know, he didn't he didn't pay a penny, you paid for all of them. And so um, Yana said, go kill him. And Shemachetach runs away. Now there's a stirrup in the Yerushalmi, it says he ran away because of that incident, but the Agadis Elio brings down from the Bavli um, that this Gemara... Um, is actually found in Brachos Ben Ches Ben Aleph and also Kedushin Samach Vav that basically the Gemara says explicitly that Yanai was upset because they apostled him from the Kuna, the rabbis, and so therefore he killed them, and including Shimon Chetach he wanted to kill. So which one is it? Did he run away from this or that? And also, what was Yanai, what was Shimon Chetach doing here? So Shimon Chetach, um, how, how did he get saved? So basically what happened was um, some time passed and dignitaries from the Persian, from Paras, came to visit Yanai and they asked, where was that smart old rabbi that you had here? Bring him. And they said, oh, he, tell, he told him a story, which, again, he wasn't embarrassed. I guess he said he told him his version of the story. He ripped me off, stole my money. So they said, well, please send him. We want to hear his wisdom. So um, they gave him a sign that they wouldn't kill Shem, um, Yanai. And um, some people say it means <clears throat> that it was a assurance they wouldn't kill him. Other people say it was some type of symbol of some sort. Either way, they brought him. And um, and he said, Yanai says, why did you fool me? He says, I didn't. You paid with your money, and I paid with my Torah. I martyred those 150 which is a beautiful thing, that a Chacham is able to use his wisdom and, and potter. Then why'd you run away if you did nothing wrong? He said, because I heard you were trying to kill me. So the Pasuk says, um, so I was hiding until the until it passed. 
Um, that's what kept me alive. So then, why did you sit in between the king and the queen? So he said, because it says in Ben Sirah, which is a whole machlokas about whether you're allowed to learn it or not, but obviously certain quotations are allowed. You will be placed between two rulers. And that's exactly what happened. Agav, there's a lot here. Okay. So he says bench, and then that's why the Gemara breaks it down, and etc., etc. Ayin Shem. Okay. So let's go through some of the Aras. So first of all, why is it that Paras is the one that asked for it? And Paras is means broken. Prusa means a, um, a broken piece of bread, to break bread. So, and also he sits in between the king and the queen. So this aspect of respecting Talmud Chacham and Rosh Hashanah is exactly what was destroying the Malucha. It literally was what was getting in the way of Shimon Shatach's sister, who loved Talmud Chacham, and, and I think that after her husband died, she respected them tremendously, versus Yanai, who was a, who was a Russia to, to a certain degree, who murdered Talmud Chacham. Anyway, this is beyond the scope of this conversation, but it's interesting that that's, that's what's going on here. But the point is that um, the Agatha Salyo, who the Gavaldic kind of about him is the brilliance of what he does, but it's also that in every Marmar Chazal, in every Agatha, he always says, Nomad, Lamanu, 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 we learn this, 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 that. And he shows that in every Agatha, there's so many things to learn. So one thing he says is like this that what was Shemachetach even doing? So one of them, he was trying to teach him a lesson that, look, you murdered Tamir Chachamim. And that, it's the same story of why he ran away. You ran away because you're trying to kill me, trying to kill Tamir Chachamim who, who didn't let you be a coin. So I wanted you to get a kapara through the way of. Of, of Kahuna, which is through helping out, um, you know, giving Karbanos, um, and also in a story where I, myself, as a Talmud Chacham, pottered half of them, and now you're splitting the other half. Then he says, well, why did he let him pay it? Why didn't he just ask for the full amount of money? It's an insult to the king to ask for less. He said, no, because he loved mitzvahs, and he also would want to contribute. This is his contribution. Then he says, Mutter, we learn from this, that a Talmud Chacham is allowed to be nana from his Chachma. Like it says, Vanam in Araisi. I benefited from my Orisa, which again, it's mischazik the Torah. That look, the Torah helped me in this beautiful way. And Torah is a beautiful thing. Now it says, you're not supposed to use it as your own selfish way. And we know from um, Rabbi Tarfin, or Tarfin was upset, Oili Tarfin, that he saved himself by, by calling out his own name, which is a whole discussion in itself. Agav with Rabbi Tarfin. Another thing that he brings down here is that um, that if a person feels that someone should be giving tzedakah or doing something right, you can be mezakeh your friend and fool him and force him. So Agav, in um, Kala Rabasi, there's a famous story with Rekiva, that Rekiva forced Rav Tarfin to give tzedakah, very similar to this cunning way, where he told him, you want to invest with me? And Rav said, yeah, I trust you, you're a rich guy. And he gave him his money, and, and then Rekiva gave it to the Talmud Chachamim and to poor people. And then Rav Tarfin came to check on his money and said, Oh, how's my investment doing? And he said, I'll show you. Here, look, they're learning Torah, and here these people are being fed. And he said, what? I didn't give you the money for that. He said, no, well, you're not giving enough, um, you know, tzedakah. And basically, Reb Tarfin was giving a tremendous amount of tzedakah. He was a rich man. But um, Rabbi Akiva held that because you're so rich, you should be giving more money, which is a, a sheet that a lot of people, Rabbi David Feinstein held this as well, even though Rabbi Chazal himself say that a person's not allowed to give away a certain amount to make him impoverished, but people that are excessively rich are expected to give more lahalacha. And Rabbi Akiva told this to Ritarfin, and Ritarfin was moted to him and, and changed his ways. It wasn't that he didn't give tzedakah. Of course he gave tzedakah. But Rabbi Akiva held kidios, kidios, the proper amount. Anyway, so he was mazakahim. Last thing is that um, he says, again, when the king promises you either through a signet ring or through a promise, you could follow him. Again, you have to obviously know what, if the king is really reliable and what country you're in. But um, And also, a person should run away if there's a danger. So he has all these lessons that you're learning from the Agatha. Obviously, each one has to be applied. But it's just fascinating to learn through this and compare it to the Babli and, and learn uh, many, many lessons from Rishim Benchetta's life. All right. Thanks for joining. Hope you enjoyed.